Hello friends, how's it going? It's Matt, you listen to the latest of my irregular series of bonus episodes of the Looking Sideways Action Sports podcast. No fuss, no fanfare, just a quick chat between a friend of mine every now and again when the opportunity comes up. They're usually topical and this one with my old friend and erstwhile podcast guest Lauren McCallum is no exception. It was inspired by the recent conversation around the public apology Terry Harkinson made around his historical homophobic remarks and the reaction to this apology in the snowboarding scene. Now, as I watched this whole thing unfold, it became pretty clear that it was not really about Terry's actual comments and apology. And as is usually the case with this, this type of thing, they're a way of exploring the issues that are being discussed through the lens of our little scene, really. And I must confess that I've got a bit of personal skin in this game, as I do explain during my chat with Lauren. But I'm going to put it up here front and centre as well. So forgive me if you hear the similar sentiment a couple of times in this conversation. But yeah, if I've got one regret in the four years I've been doing the podcast, it's probably around the way I handled the topic of Terrier's homophobia in my conversation with him for episode 121, which is about a year ago. Now, I'm not going to get too into it here because... Like I say, I did discuss it during the conversation you're about to listen to with Lauren. But the feedback I got from that made it clear that, like all of us, I've still got some work to do, really, when it comes to handling and shepherding these conversations in the right way. And I did get some forthright and extremely fair feedback from listeners about that that made it clear that they felt like I was perpetuating the issue and they just felt the whole thing was exclusionary, which obviously wasn't my intention in the slightest. Now, I talked about that at length at the end of my episode with Phil, 126. And the reason that I bring it up again here is because I had the same realisation when I watched the reaction to Terry's apology a couple of weeks ago unfold. Because to be completely honest, my initial reaction was that the apology was, was all right, really, and to be applauded. I left a comment on his Instagram to that end and it soon became clear that for many members of the LGBT community, the apology was not fine in the slightest and that reaction was heartfelt and vociferous. So for me, I kind of recognised that this was immediately in interesting territory and, and an opportunity to learn and I, I ended up chatting to Lauren about this a lot during the subsequent week because that's the kind of thing we talk about in our lives, me and Lauren. And after a while, I thought, Let's actually just record an entire conversation for the podcast about this as a bonus episode. So that's what we did and that's what you're about to listen to. Now, whenever I go down this path, I do always get messages from people having a crack saying stuff like, I don't listen to this for politics, I listen to this for escapism, so fuck off with it, mate. As ever in life, far, far cleverer people than me have already dealt with these arguments, notably George Orwell who in his essay, Why I Write, said, the opinion that art should have nothing to do with politics is itself a political attitude. Whether you realise it or not, that's the bit that I've added, that George Orwell didn't say that last bit. You know, for me, these gaps of understanding that I alluded to earlier are the territory that really interests me and are actually what the podcast is about. It's not actually about action sports. Action sports is just a handy lens through which to explore any number of issues, which I've been doing now for four years. But if you really have no interest in having your worldview challenged in this way, well, you're in luck because literally most discourse in Western culture 
doesn't deal with this stuff is reductive and is dumb and dumb as fuck right now. So there's plenty of vapid chit chat to choose from out there if you do decide to vote with the off button. But if you're still with me, and I'm not going to say thank fuck they're gone because that's for the end, and you're keen to explore this episode and examine potentially your own prejudices and behaviour as I've tried to in this episode, then I think you'll enjoy it and I think you will at points be challenged by this conversation. I'll be back at the end for a brief, very brief housekeeping corner. But in the meantime, here's me and Lauren. Enjoy. It's a nice day here at an 8am meeting. Who who invents those, man? <laughs> but it was good. So uh, some Mid- Middle-aged people. Uh, yeah. Middle-aged people like me who, as they get older, are like, yeah, actually, I'm going to get up at five and start work then, I think. <laughs> yeah. Or, yeah. But yeah, you've had a right busy week. You've been interviewing people, right? Yeah, yeah. So we're we're interviewing for a new position at Protector Winters. And then, um, and yeah, we had like um, loads of applicants. So we're just kind of down to the final three. So that's taken a bit of time. And yeah, Earth Day yesterday. So just getting kind of pulled pillar to post with... I hadn't, yeah. I hadn't noticed. <laughs> well, because we tried to schedule this in about five times. <laughs> no, like no one mentioned it online. Like it, it, it really went under the radar. Earth Day. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's a lot. Yeah. Of, there's a lot of days these days, aren't there? There's a yeah. lot. Of, there's a lot of days. There's like you know, Happy Day Day. You know, like there's probably there's probably one a year, isn't there? Me, me and my mate, our friend, mutual friend Harry are often being snarky about that like hey happy because some of them are so obscure aren't they oh yeah it's funny isn't it because they're obviously i wonder what the first one was you know it must have started somewhere probably i mean it's probably quite likely to be earth day isn't it to be honest yeah i was reading something yesterday about yeah the beginnings of earth day and it's yeah definitely did start and you know it wasn't this happy clappy definitely started in this uh uh yeah climate justice working class issues for sure um so yeah, yeah i think it's, it, it's like anything isn't it it's Definitely. like pri- it's like pride isn't it it's like you know pride started off as a literal riot and now it's like hey hsbc is here to support your float and uh <laughs> bank with us gay people <laughs> like yeah uh, okay yeah exactly sure. <laughs> yeah i'm obviously being quite cynical about it but um yeah, it's quite funny. It's just a, it's just an interesting when you see what one of my favorite things about the internet. I'll put it this way: is when everyone does the same thing. Like I really like it when, well, I find it funny. You know, you go on Twitter, and everyone's making the same gag, like because yeah. like you know, something will happen. There'll be like some topical thing that's that's happening, and yeah. then everyone in the world will basically have the same idea for the same joke. And then when you, I, I love shit like that because it's it's and that's kind of what. I, what I think about when you see absolutely everybody posting about like Earth Day or this day or that day, it's 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 just quite a fascinating because you know previously people wouldn't have done that like before before yeah. Instagram. There's no way people were walking the streets of you know walking around their local co-op saying to people <laughs> like Hey, Happy Earth Day, everyone! It just wasn't happening, was it? You know, but now obviously it's a thing, isn't it? That that you that you sort of do. Not saying it's a bad thing. Not saying it's a wrong thing. I'm just or a good thing. I'm just saying it's I, the behavioural aspect of it. I find really fascinating. 
Yeah. Yeah. An observation. Yeah, I guess like with pride though, it's funny, isn't it? Because that is like you say that 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 must be quite weird seeing corporate entities suddenly co-op that as as like a way of you know aiming at a particular demographic <laughs> yeah <laughs> quite far removed from the original message isn't it yeah yeah and like again i mean uh you know i maybe uh maybe some people say you know marks and spencer's making their rainbow sandwiches as as progress for the lgbt community but yeah uh, sometimes i'm a little bit cynical but Ah, you know, like it's also quite accessible, I guess. I guess it's trying to, you know, bump it into the mainstream consciousness that people would never really engage, and and maybe it's a, you know, for us it's a good way to kind of shout about what we're up to and kind of, yeah, kind of grab that peripheral audience that probably isn't engaged unless there is a day where people are talking about it. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's, it's yeah, exactly, bit, yeah, <laughs> probably a bit tiring for seasoned, yeah. I'll- campaigners or whatever but you know from a mum it's probably a pretty good thing if you know what I mean well I mean it leads us quite nicely to the topic of conversation for today actually that doesn't it so we should contextualize this or I should contextualize this and I'm sure I no doubt will have contextualized this in the introduction to this episode but first bonus episode for a while I used to do quite a lot of these well not a lot but I did a few where it was like oh yeah I'll just do an off-the-cuff one without show notes and all that to sort of have a chat about something like I did one with Sophie Hellier a few years back when she was getting loads of shit about an article she wrote about um, feminism and surfing so we chatted about that and yeah I've done a few but I I really wanted to speak to you for this one um, because of this whole conversation around homophobia and that was sort of sparked by Terry Harkinson's apology and I've definitely got a bit of skin in the game with this one because I think I'm going to warn you, this is going to be quite a long preamble. Um, you know, the, I, I, I feel like, I feel like with the podcast, I've used my platform. I'm inverting the commas. If you're not watching this pretty, con, pretty considerately, like pretty carefully, you know, I've considered like the things I've talked about. And I would say that I am pretty motherfucking woke. As, as it goes um but i think the one the main like the main regret i've got in the four years of doing the podcast is is the way that i handled that terry harkins interview that i did last year and there's a few things to say about that one of them is like editorially i do sort of stand by that approach this is like there's a few layers to it from my point of view which i'm going to explain mm. in case people don't know what i'm on about like and editorially the decision that I quite often make when it comes to the podcast is, you know, I'm not Jeremy Paxman. Do you know what I mean? I'm not, I'm not there to like, I'm not there to like catch people. I'm not here to like catch people out. What I'm here to do is to try and facilitate a conversation. Hopefully it will be an interesting conversation. And if it goes really well, it'll be a revealing conversation in which the person I'm speaking to will kind of like reveal who they are to the listener. And when it came to a situation like the Terrier, thing and obviously i was going to ask him about the gus kenworthy thing and that and his comments i did make the decision not to challenge him on that because of because i know what he's like a and i think that if he he's just not somebody that would take that well and i think that would have defeated the object of me trying to get him to speak what he thought which was the point and 
But obviously the downside of that is that that can perpetuate the very thing that I'm obviously trying to avoid perpetuating, which is a, a lot how a lot of listeners reacted. I definitely got some feedback from people that were like, well, that's a bit of a boys club way of dealing with that. You know, you yeah. should end of the day, you should be calling him out and then giving him a safe space to sort of basically perpetuate the bollocks that he's been talking is not helpful and is exclusionary to people that already feel excluded by his comments. And that's certainly something you said to me at the time. And obviously yeah. I was pretty mortified by that because we're such good friends and and I'll be completely honest, like that didn't really cross my mind at the time. Like all yeah. I, I was just purely looking at it from the, the editorial slash journalistic point of view of like, you know, so I it made me rethink essentially like the way that I approach those topics and the way that I approach those interviews, which I think is a, is a really positive thing very selfishly because I think, you know, if I'm going to keep doing this, I need to be mindful of all that. And it made me rethink yeah. like the guests that I booked to be, to be quite honest, you know, which I think people that are long-term listeners to the show will have noticed the last year. Um, I just decided to be much more um, proactive in, in the things that I talked about in the hope that they could, you know, be helpful. Let's just put it that way. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so I think that that was sort of the context of what I learned from that last year. And, and, you know, the conversation that we had at the time and you were pretty, you know, you were actually quite sort of held back a bit, I, I'd say, you know, you, you, you kind of didn't really, you were a bit like, yeah, I was a bit good about that, but you probably didn't, you probably weren't that honest with me about like how it actually made you feel. I'm, I'm sort of, yeah. I'm sort of putting words in, in your mouth there. Um, so that's sort of the context of, of like that. And then obviously, I think it's probably about 10 days ago when we're talking. Terry yeah. has sort of done a public apology about that on his Instagram and through an American magazine online. And that and I and, and again, I'm gonna be totally honest about this. Like when I read that, I actually I actually was like, like a lot of people, I think, I was a bit like, oh right, good on him. You know, he's actually had a look <laughs> at this. And yeah. and like and he's apologized and that's got to be a, a good thing. And then what happened quite quickly was that a lot of people came out and from the, from the LGBT community and were like, that's not a good thing. That's actually like really half-assed. Like it's not actually an apology. It's still perpetuating the same things that he's supposed to be apologizing for. It demonstrates a complete lack of understanding about the issues and it, and at the end of the day, it's still actually exclusionary. And when I kind of realized that reaction, I was a bit like, I'm still not really getting this, you know, if I'm being yeah. completely honest. Like if, I, if I'm going to be a good ally here, which is what I actually do genuinely want to be. And, I, and again, I think the way that I've kind of used this platform that I've built up, I think does does demonstrate that. But I think you know, if I'm being completely honest, like I, I didn't really have that reaction straight away. And I think Sam Maguire, who's a friend of mine and who's on the podcast, who I did an episode with, he's a gay skateboarder and he did, a, we did a whole episode about how he came out in the skate community and et cetera, et cetera. He was messaging me about this 
at the same time we were talking about it and he said like you know it's just an opportunity to learn end of the day like he he needs to like he can learn everybody can learn i don't judge people for for not getting it in the right way and he wouldn't have used the term right way because and neither would you yeah but he and i so that's what this is about for me really like and and you know we we were talking quite we've spoken quite a lot over the last 10 days about this like just as friends and personally because i obviously called you and was like wow fuck me have you seen this and you know we had a we had a conversation about it and that conversation led me to think yeah we should we should do an episode about this because if i you know and my my wife who you know really well and who's (laughs) complete piss taker she was like fuck me you know if you the most pc man in the world don't get it then like you know, there's going to be a lot of people out there. And I think that's true. Yeah. And that's what, that's what interests me about this, this gap in understanding you've got all, you know, I think the community that listen to looking sideways is, is, is pretty engaged is pretty, is would consider themselves to be allies would consider themselves to be pretty woke or even, even if not, I mean, that phrase we can get to in a bit, I'm kind of using it a bit mockingly, Um, but are willing to learn. And that's one of the reasons why I put that thing on Instagram stories last week, which a few people that listening probably saw, because I wanted to gauge the reaction. I wanted to see what this community of Looking Sideways listeners thought about this. And and I suspected that it would be quite similar to my initial reaction. Now, there were a few fairly sort of shocking responses, I thought you know yeah. a few like what the fuck's the big deal can't we sh- show up going on about it that that type of thing which is obviously like at one end of the spectrum but quite a lot of the responses were definitely in the same ballpark as what i'm talking about we're a bit like will you apologize like why is everyone kicking off about that yeah and i think i think i just wanted to sort of have this conversation with all this context really because i do and i'm not i'm not trying to be like you know talk to slamer about this it's like hey black person can you explain why racism <laughs> is bad to us you know, like, yeah. I, I, I hope this isn't coming across as like me no, wheeling out my gay snowboarder mate to like teach the straights why they've do you know what i mean like yeah I, totally. I, but, I, but i'm just trying to have a com- constructive conversation about it in the yeah. same way that naturally me and you did where we basically you know i phoned you we had a chat as pals you helped me get a lot more of an understanding about it. I just think it'd be a value. So that is a 10 minute preamble. <laughs> well, I think no, it's, I think, I think it's, it's, I think it's important, you know, like to, to explain. And I think, I'm not, I think culpable's a bit harsh to say like, well, I'm culpable because I think that's just a bit too, that's too emotive, like language to use. But yeah, I, de- I definitely think it, what it says to me is like, I've still got some work to do it really. Yeah. And I still, I still need to. So with all that said, how are you feeling about the whole thing? Cause you were quite upset last week when we, especially when you saw some of the messages that were coming in on the Insta stories thing. Oh uh, yeah. I mean like, well, first of all, I just, yeah. Thanks Matt for providing all that context and you know, without this sounding too much like a, I was going to call it a circle jerk there, but maybe not, <laughs> but you know, like, you know, like, <laughs> you know, like, thank like thank you for recognizing that and ha- and showing some humility because i think that's the first step of like oh okay i don't understand this we're obviously mates who reached out and yeah i was pretty upset and actually <clears throat> like to be honest like last sunday i actually got a little bit teary just like what the fuck how can how can people like actually tell gay people to just go to the pub and chill out about it and i know like 
I know like that, you know, whatever had a long weekend was maybe hitting the booze as well. So there's probably other factors to like, you know, <laughs> maybe not having as much emotional resilience, whatever. But like, you know, it's just disappointing, I guess, when you when it's kind of thrust in your face or when you engage in it in that in that way. But yeah, I mean, I guess I think like it's good. I mean, we've obviously tried to schedule this in. We've both been busy this week, but I think it's good that we've I've kind of had a, like a week to sit on it. Because I think if we spoke on Sunday night or Monday, probably would have been talking from <clears throat> quite a triggered place, I think. And I don't really think like that that's necessarily like helpful either so I think it's been good to have a sort of week to sit about it but yeah I mean I like I'm a I'm a little bit nervous like as well like you know I obviously don't speak on behalf of all the queer community um I have my own lived experiences as a gay woman in the industry for 10 plus years I'm not a diversity or inclusion educator by any by any means and there's definitely people that can do that um training uh if you like um uh, who are professionals on that who can who can do that um and you know I don't ha- have a a degree in queer studies or any any sort of you know acad- academia or academic point from this or research point I just literally have my own lived experience but you know and I think I kind of said that to you being slightly nervous about that but hopefully you know we can have this conversation and it helps um people understand why the you know the problems for the queer community and snowboarding and the reasons behind why Terry's apology was damaging um I think is you know a good thing and and if people can learn that's that and if, if I can help people do that through us chatting really as mates then you know like why not so that's kind of how uh yeah that's why I kind of agreed to do it and and uh and chat to you about it yeah well like i say you were i mean if we go if we predate the terrier apology thing you know you you were affected by that episode i did with him personally so i think it's just yeah. a legit you know like for me that's just a legitimate reason to do it even on that level because you know that that i think that probably was damaging to the like and it did perpetuate the the status quo really you know like cat candidly as much as that really wasn't my intention so i think i think just from a personal point of view like we've been having this conversation really for for over a year now between us as friends so i think like that's that's like you know i think i think i think everything you say is like totally responsible and fine and it's it's great to put all that out there but for me people have listened to this podcast i'm not i'm no expert on the shit that i (laughs) expound on here you know like i think it's completely fine to have this conversation in that context so can i can i ask a quick question then like on the actual apology like what what was your reaction when you read it like my actual really like just like honest reaction i was just like are you fucking kidding me (laughs) i think that was my initial reaction i read it and was like are you fucking like are you having it is this like is this a like like no, like I yeah, I can't even really. Even now, I'm struggling to articulate it. I was just disappointed, sad, shocked, a bit like really, you know, kind of a mixture of emotions. Really, um, that was kind of my initial reaction to it. Just yeah, those sorts of emotions. But, and and because you felt that 
it betray like what lack of sincerity like lack of understanding yeah like lack of understanding um i think um you know uh i think he centers himself in the apology um if i'm if i'm honest i had a good time at gay weddings my you know my mother of my children is bisexual um you know i've shared rooms with people it's it's very much centering himself in uh in an apology and i think um maybe i'm just quite sensitive to that but i think if you <clears throat> if you're genuinely trying to apologize to somebody the you know you you're focusing on them aren't you so i think it would have been better to say you know it horrifies me <laughs> that I could have insult people, you know, or insult uh, members of the gay and queer community because I feel that, you know, I have lots of friends in my life and I've had great times and be a part of these huge milestones in life, like for example, a wedding. And it, and, you know, it horrifies me that I might have been you know, inflicted damage or through my words and through my actions. Like that, you know, that's a better way to unpack that. And just like, I've had a great time at gay weddings. You know, it's just kind of like, for me it didn't feel very sincere or kind of really that thought through if that makes sense like I didn't really feel that he or yeah himself was like had really thought about the gay lived experience and how like and how what he was trying to do and, and and his words you know like had he actually really thought or tried to put himself in and those other people's shoes, I think it was more like a list of excuses rather than like a sincere apology. And I just felt like centering yourself constantly and a bit of ego is just really what's not needed in a sincere apology. Yeah, well, is it, you know, it's the old classic, I'm sorry if you think you were offended kind of thing, isn't it? You know, it's like the classic sort of politician, like the pretty Patel so I'm sorry if people think I'm a bully, you know, like it's like rather than I'm sorry for being a bully. Yeah, I think the lived experience phrase, there's there's obviously so many layers to this. I think that would be a great place to start. You know, as a gay snowboarder, you, you know, you why why are the I'm going to ask a really stupid question. Like, okay. why are the original comments harmful and exclusionary? like what you know like the making jokes about skiers being gay because you know whenever you there's this whole free speech defense to these sentiments that is that is bandied around whenever whenever an issue like this raises its head you know like well we're not allowed to make jokes about anything anymore he was just joking like he's not actually homophobic and can't all these gay people just chill out and who are they to decide that what's funny and what's not funny you know that is like a classic yeah defense of like when when a public you know and not just this instant this is just played out endlessly totally. in every field in on every example someone will say something that a group it takes exception to and will point out why that why they don't find it acceptable and then the defense will quite often be well it's just a joke and if you can't take a joke you've got the problem like what's the big deal he's clearly not homophobic and that certainly when Terry's initial comments and that was his defense as well to be to be honest yeah like but as a gay as a gay snowboarder try to find your place in that community like how do you feel when you hear that like how does that affect your you know 
readiness to feel part of that community when you've got this like figurehead saying those things well i mean yeah it's not <laughs> doesn't make me feel good about myself put it that way you know and like <clears throat> and to give the context around that you know like how fucking brave is it right for gus kentworthy to come out you know what i mean like how fucking brave is that to come out to come out to his sponsors to come out to his fans to come out to the you know olympic team and coaches and everyone like that like that moment you know is such a huge moment of a part of a lot of like um gay people's lives where they have to sit their parents down or they have to you know whatever or colleagues or you know like i think as a gay person you're constantly kind of coming out if that makes sense you know like i'm constantly gauging even now like with the people that i meet in my daily life like um sometimes i'll say girlfriend sometimes i'll say partner sometimes i won't say anything because i just i just sometimes don't really feel like i wouldn't say safe but i just you know sometimes you just don't know how people are gonna take it because for whatever reason so for a figurehead in our community to be like oh whatever all skiers are gay and are or gay anyways or whatever like it's just such a like fucking demeaning thing <laughs> to say when somebody is being like so brave do you know what i mean like people like people have lost families they have lost jobs they have lost homes you know they have like and for and for somebody to just kind of and who's a figurehead in our community to kind of use that statement in that way when somebody is coming out is so problematic because the consequences of that can be serious you know like they, they can be serious and i'm not gonna like fucking beat about the bush kids kill themselves over it and so like it if it and and the and the, and the consequences of like coming out and those experiences are not positive do you know what i mean sometimes kids especially they lose their parents they lose friends and i definitely lost friends you know growing up and so like when a figurehead in our community shrugs it off as like oh it was only a joke anyways well what the fuck are you joking about because like <laughs> i can't see much here to joke about um and i think you know what would have been cool is to be like hey man you know what like i've said some you know stupid things in the past but i've seen how much you were putting on the line there and like you know for me in the snowboard community like you know solidarity and, and well done like think about how different that <laughs> that conversation could have gone and so that's like, what sam that's what sam mcguire said to me i'm sure he won't mind me mentioning him by name yeah. um that's what he said to me when we were chatting about this he said I just thought it was a missed opportunity, you know, end of the day, like imagine, cause he's, he was like, let's not forget that was came out of nowhere. Like that was Terry just deciding to say that. Like, it's not, he was asked for a comment. He just did a tweet. And he's like, imagine the difference if he'd have said like, congrats Gus. I hope you're really happy. This is a brilliant step for snow sports. You know, like totally. imagine, like imagine how that would have changed the conversation around it. And Could you imagine like, how many sorry could you imagine how many like young gay snowboarders sitting in their in their bedroom you know would have resonated to that do you know do you know what i mean in, in terms of the culture of like coming out as well sorry to cut you off there but yeah no not at all I, 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 and i think the centering point you raise is really interesting because 
one of the really interesting things about a lot of the comments that came back on Instagram stories, and again, it's a real, it, it's a classic response to stuff like this. There was one in particular that said something like, I'm paraphrasing, but it was a bit like, you know, personally, I'm not racist. I'm not homophobic. If you snowboard, you're a snowboarder. What's the big deal? Why do we have to judge people on their race or sexuality? You know, like, and again, it's quite a centering to use your phrase response to this, isn't it? Because like, it's, it's, it's rather than like, well, what do that community think about this? It's like, well, I haven't got a problem. So like, why have they got a problem? You know, yeah. and but that, but I, I've got no doubt that that, that people that, that say those things don't think they're homophobic and don't think that there's a problem with saying that. You know, they genuinely, it's such a common thing. It's like, you know, again, you look on Twitter when there's a debate about Black Lives Matter and there's, you get all these middle-aged white people going like, why are they always going on about race? You know, why do they always, you know, why do they always play the race card? You know, it's that sort of thing, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's it's that sort of defense. It's like, I haven't got a problem with race. It's them that keep bringing it up all the time. And, it, yeah. you know, it's a similar sort of thing. Isn't it? I'm, I'm, I'm a problem with gay people. I've been to a gay wedding. Like, yeah. but but they, so why are they kicking off, you know? Like, yeah. that, and, and I know that you were really aggravated by a couple of those comments because you were just a bit like, you know, like, so for the, for the people at the back, like, why can you, you know, why did you take such exception to that? Because again, just to further contextualize this, this is what's interesting to me, this gap between, you know, the poles of opinion, the person saying that, who I've got no doubt doesn't think that they've said anything wrong, but then the community that they purport to support who would take that kind of sentiment very badly, let's say, you know, so could, could you perhaps explain a bit like why you were so aggravated by that so I can understand people who say those things I think they're kind of being generally probably think they're being inclusive like hey I've got no problem with it like power to you guys you know I I don't have a problem with gay people or black people whatever uh I don't I don't discriminate you know like um you know I don't have a problem with it but I think like again it's just a I just say like maybe like a bit of a privileged standpoint because you don't have to th- as a straight person you don't have to think about that <laughs> like I kind of was just explaining like kind of constantly coming out you've you've got to, you know I'm constantly judging or kind of evaluating when it's okay to reveal parts of myself to different people um on the basis of the reaction they may or may not have and that and that does you know that's kind of embedded in my in my consciousness because um, you know, I've not always had positive ex- experiences by revealing my sexuality. So I think that's, it's, it's rooted in kind of maybe I think, hey, I've got no problem with it. Don't, you've got nothing to worry about. But actually the, the lived experiences is that we do actually have quite a lot to worry about. Um, and, you know, um, so yeah, I kind of, I think it's kind of in, uh, rooted in that and i think that's the, the sort of issue with it um well just just a quick point on that you know like it's just because you don't think there's a problem doesn't mean that there isn't a problem firstly yeah. and sec and secondly i chatted to alec to andrew alexander king about this a lot in our conversation i i really am beginning to think that privilege is a choice like as in you have the, the your the what privilege is is the ability to make choices 
and when it comes to certain issues and 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 declare there's no problem because you don't think there's a problem but that doesn't mean your privilege in that case is you having the choice to step back and carry on living your life if you're actually somebody that's directly affected by those issues you don't have that choice yeah. whether it's you having to manage those perceptions of you as a gay person every day whether it's a black person having to like in the states worrying about the whether they get killed for driving their car that day you know yeah. which might sound dramatic but clearly happens very frequently totally you know like th those those parties don't get to don't really have a for them there's it is an issue end of story they don't get to choose whether it's an issue or not so yeah. you know for me that that's like a very benign yet still damaging like sort of version of that really that that kind of attitude yeah and, and it because and, and it's like sam says it's like well you could look at it in a completely self-centered way or you could look at it in a humble way and say well i clearly got that wrong like why don't i learn why don't i try and learn yeah and i think it's kind of acknowledging that uh, you know we've come a long way from the 80s put it that way um uh you know when my parents were growing up or whatever um and in, but homophobia transphobia like just it's still alive and well today and, and we kind of covered this a little bit i think because we were talking about terrier you know in the, in the last podcast we done we done still alive and well you know even to the point like so here's an example like i was on the phone to my solicitor yesterday because me and my girlfriend are trying to buy a house right and for listeners um you know, I, I live in the Scottish Highlands. I live in a small town in, in the Scottish Highlands. Very, but you know, it's all right. I, I feel safe here as a, as a gay person. But, you know, there's definitely that older generation here that, are, that you know, if me and my girlfriend are holding hands or definitely curtain switching or whatever. So um, anyways, we're, we're trying to submit this offer for this house. And um. Actually, and and I, I don't even know why I said it, but I just said, oh, I hope, you know, there have been two women down on the offer because obviously it's going to come through as McCallum and, and my partner's last name, you know, with our full names in terms of the, you know, the actual uh, legal bid. And my solicitor was like, oh, you hope, you know, you hope not in this day and age anymore, but it will. People will have a problem with selling their house to a, to a lesbian couple. Do you know, and and it, and even in 2021, it's that still even crosses my mind. Do you know what I mean? Like, oh, it's because it's been such a pain to try and get anywhere that, you know, these little things that do cross your mind. So even when it comes down to a, a fairly simple thing, like submitting a bid for a house, like it's still, it's it's still a thing, you know, it's, it's still something I have to think about and uh, and hope that it doesn't put us in a negative or um in a position where we're um disallowed or uh or yeah discriminated I guess um and so like you say I guess you don't really get to choose whether it's an issue or not because it is it's a lived experience it, it definitely is um so that's why I guess I was you know annoyed but also some of them were I mean it was the pub one did get my back up and I'm <laughs> and I'm sorry like that did like I'm, I'm just gonna throw it that was me <laughs> the the pub one did get get my back up because it's like you know rights are ne like so rights are never just 
granted you know the like they have to be kind of we have they have to be like taken if you like and I know that's a sort of quote that's rooted in working class but you know rights are just never guaranteed is what I'm trying to say um and I was thinking about you know and 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 so maybe this would shine a bit of light of why I took that or some of the comments so badly like you know campaigning for gay rights was maybe like my first sort of step into activism if you if you like I was in Scotland we uh we weren't legally allowed to uh to marry or the right to marry wasn't passed through until 2014 so I was 24 at the time so I'd kind of grown up as a teenager to a big bulk of my early 20s with gay people not legally being allowed to marry so some of the sort of first sort of protests and things and petitions I signed was like pushing um, MSPs into, you know, trying to um, to to put into legislation that it should, it should that people who are the same sex who love each other should be allowed the legal right to marry. And that was like some of my first steps into activism. Now, <clears throat> to give a bit of context as well around around that, that was in 2014. And um, the SNP pushed that through. And the, and the leader of the SNP at that time was a guy called Alex Salmond, who probably most UK listeners will know about. He, he was kind of the head of the SNP, um, who's the main party in Scotland um, when we were coming into the independence referendum. And Alex at that time, right, pushed through the largest ever majority in the world to vote in favour of gay marriage. So... The Scottish government had, yeah, the put or yeah pushed through or decided the largest parliamentary majority to ever vote for gay marriage, and there was only I think about thirty of them or something that actually voted against it, with a majority of uh, of everyone voting in favour. Now, fast forward, what seven eight years, Alex Salmond has now. Uh, broken away and has got his new Alaba party right and um to, to again to provide a bit of context we've got a we've got a, a an election coming up on the 6th of May um and in his party at his women's conference one of his parliamentary candidates um basically was trying to say that LGBT organizations are trying to lower the consent age to 10 years old right and was comparing and trying to draw this consensus that basically gay people are predators, are paedophiles, uh, and um, and just a whole lot of like of just like homophobic, just like shite, basically, right? And you've got a leader there who's kind of trying to say, no, she didn't say that, and then she goes on to the in the record and, and some papers to say that she did say that. So, like we have people coming for our rights and for somebody who I trusted in 2014 to now be leading a party of candidates who are spraying this shit and for him to not take them to task, at least publicly, is really scary, is really scary. And it just shows you that through a space of time that this can unravel very quickly. Do you know what I mean? And if we give this, if, the, if we give that shite, airspace it will quick it will quickly grow so like that's maybe why I get so 
um, maybe worked up or I get nervous or because it, it genuinely makes me scared. And this passive like, oh, let's just go to the pub let, until it all blows over, again, isn't a choice for me because I've got fucking par- Scottish parliamentary candidates comparing me to fucking paedophiles. So if you don't mind, I'm not going to go to the pub. <laughs> I'm not going to let it blow over. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to have an issue with it. Um, and so, again, I think it's maybe just um, telling that story to our straight allies to be like, hey, hello, this is a real problem. Um, like, can you guys, you know, step up or help call people out on this? Because, like I say, it doesn't take much airtime and much oxygen to those flames for it to really ignite. Um, and yeah, for me as a gay woman living in Scotland, that's quite scary. Well, you just have to look at the comments underneath Terry's apology to show like how much of an issue it still is, you know, like even yeah. in our little corner of the world. And like you say, like it doesn't, and, and that, I think that's what's, the complacency of those attitudes that we're talking about, which again, aren't like overt homophobia in in any way, shape or form. They're just very complacent takes on this wider conversation. Let's just be generous and put it that way. Yeah. Like they, they're not acknowledging the fact that this is actually a constant conversation that's been going on for, for years. And that this, and that the minute you like that battle is never going to be won, is it? You know, like it's it's just it's just gonna be an endless conversation to try and change perceptions around gay people, essentially. You know, you know, there's no there's there's no point where we can say like, okay, well that's the end of that, there's no homophobia in the world, that's fine, let's still crack on and go at the pub. That's just never gonna happen. Like you, you know, see so because because there are still clearly like there's still a lot of homophobia out there and a lot of it's really toxic and really awful. Yeah. And and I think like what that's why again, like why those you know, and, and and just on that point as well, like, you know, the whole it's just a joke, can't you make a joke about anything defense as well? Is a bit like, well, objectively, like what's actually more important in this conversation? Like your right to punch down and make a shit joke, or like your your position of supporting the community in this ongoing and wider conversation. Like objectively, like there's only one answer to that really you know if you feel like your personal right to make a crass gag is more important than the wider conversation then i would suggest that you've lost your way a little bit personally um but and and i think it leads me to my next question i think one of the telling parts about the whole thing was the fact that like there was no engagement in the comment section with 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 a lot of the actual really horrible toxic attitudes that were being displayed in there you know there was no one with the sleeves rolled up saying like fuck off out of my space you're being homophobic like you know so that that was in itself quite revealing but there was a couple of like really notable responses on instagram from a few american people in the scene who did do these really heartfelt sort of like well here's why this whole thing matters to me. And also here's why I'm like massively disappointed and let down by the response. And one of the things that kept coming up in those was not only was the apology hurtful, but the response of the community was hurtful and particularly seeing a lot of people. And I'm going to include myself in this because I commented on Terry's post and I said, good on you for putting yourself out there. 
you know, and there was a lot of people that, that said similar things. There's a lot of very famous people in our community that said similar things. And, you know, quite a few of the things like it was almost more hurtful seeing seeing those people like say that as if like this was enough and, and understanding actually like no one really gets this you know like is, did you have this a similar reaction when you saw the reaction to to what he'd posted i remember seeing your uh, well done terry i mean like interesting <laughs> no i think um yeah i think Like, where do I start? I think, like, yeah, the goat emojis and the hearts and stuff, like, it, yeah, it does kind of hurt because, like, and I think maybe that it's just, and I think, and so here's, I think, a way where we can learn about that. Like, instead of just being like, that's amazing, well done, you know, like, let's just wait on it a second. I know everything's instant and whatever, like, on Instagram, but let's just wait. Has anyone consulted the LGBT community on this and what they think? Then we'll respond because then, because like again, how differently could have that comment section gone? Being like, "Well done, Terrier, for making the first step," but hey, man, like we've got a few more steps to go. But you know, well done for taking the first step. Instead of like the goat emojis and the and the hearts and the 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 credible praising um, for stuff. Uh, it, or the, the praising for an apology that, again, I'm going to say is a very dangerously low bar to set for the snowboarding community and, you know, uh, and queer community and, and sober community at, at large. Um, and so I think maybe uh, a bit of learning point there is like, you know, is is there somebody that you can reach out to in your friends before you comment? that concerns them before you just jump like before you jump into the comment section and then I think you raise a really good point about the engagement um <clears throat> in the comment section and it would have been it would have been really awesome for those same people who are kind of putting the emojis to kind of come to the defense of the queer snowboard community and uh, in some of these comments because I can't do it, man. Like I'm like that. Like I'm knackered when I read that. <laughs> do you know what I mean? I'm exhausted when I'm like, fucking really. And I think like it would have been cool for people to use their influence and their yeah, their influence within the community to engage in that dialogue a bit more. And then also instead of just reacting so quickly. Let's get a bit of consensus before we kind of pray something that's actually not that good. Um, and so, yeah, that's kind of yeah. I mean, it, yeah, I mean, because uh, another comment that came up on my Insta stories, and again, this is like such a fucking small <laughs> like sample, but it just gives us some opinions to talk about. You know, one yeah. one message I received said, "I actually don't understand what they want," and I'm gonna. Like, I don't think the use of the word they was intended to be harmful, but um, it was like, he's apologized. Like he's put himself out there, you know, like, why is that not enough? Like, I don't, I don't get it. Like, you know, like why surely? And, and I do, I do have some understanding of that viewpoint because I think there was a couple of the, 
there was a couple other responses online that I didn't think were that helpful that were a bit like, you know, this is a fucking disgrace. And if you don't understand that it's a disgrace, then it's even more of a disgrace. You know, I was a bit like, I don't see how that's going to help him understand that. But then at the same time, like it should the onus, I, I do understand that like, even in saying that you're kind of asking the gay community to do the lift, do the heavy lifting again, if that makes sense, you know, like mm. to, to do the thinking again, to say like, you know, like let's teach the, let's teach everyone what they need to do. Do you know what I mean? Like it's, I, I get like yeah. why, 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 when you, when you, you know, as you said, you're just fucking tired of it. You know, you've spent your yeah. life doing with it. And that, and that was like the thing, like I'm fucking tired of this. And now I've got to explain it again for these people, you know, like, but, yeah. but you understand what I'm saying? Like there is, totally. there's quite a gap between those two positions. And I think both of those positions, if you're going to, I think they're probably at the end of the day, like on the same side, really. So like, how do you, how do you bridge that, that gap? Like, I don't think the response from, you know, I think I'm not sure that Terry probably reacted to the criticism and thought, great, I've got some more learning to do. I imagine, and I'm totally guessing, like, I imagine though that it was a bit like, what the fuck? Like, you know, this is now a witch hunt sort of thing. Yeah. Like, but that was a stance that a lot of people definitely took. Like, you know, what do these people want? He's apologized. Yeah. Yeah, so how do I bridge that gap? I mean, I think, um, you know, so I think, yeah, Scene Snowboarding did, did a pretty good analysis, I think. Uh, um, That's uh, great. Back to it. Yeah, it was really good. And I think, like, um, you know, follow those, acu- follow those accounts. Yeah, <laughs> like, follow those accounts. Follow... Um, like educate yourself and 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 credible voices within within our community or maybe out with the community you know um who who are who who are in these spaces like say instagram or whatever who who will generally un- help unpack that um but in more in our uh community like i, th- I thought the scene snowboarding um response was was really good and i think like i i get like well, what do you want from me? Like he's apologized and that sort of thing. But I think like, again, it just comes down to like listening and consulting and just like, we're not like, this is not about you. Like, I, like this is not about like, cause I know we're kind of getting a bit triggered about, Oh God, I'm, tr- you know, I'm trying and it's never good enough. And this is just a witch hunt. But I think like, if we can just like me, you, whatever, and our quest to be, allies to disabled people black people global south um you know people like we're we're not that that we're we're not going to show up perfectly all the time because that's just not ever possible like we can't be perfect that's not ever possible and so like i think it's really about um again having that humility to be like oh okay and also believing the gay community (laughs) like if we're telling you an is an issue like it's because it's an issue like we're not making we're not making this shit up because we want you guys to feel sorry for us or for us to i don't know enjoy this oppression olympics or whatever you know like if if gay people are telling you this is an issue like 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 listen um and so i think that's kind of some of the ways that people can kind of get involved in that in that in that conversation is to follow these types of uh, follow these accounts follow these members of our vocal members of our community um 
because I think their insight and experience could teach you a lot about how, you know, what uh, we want you to do, <laughs> but also why maybe that question is not that helpful either in, 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 a, in that context, you know, because <clears throat> these things are pretty earth shattering. Do you know what I mean? Like they cause a ripple and in the moment it can be like, you know, like I say, like on Sunday, I got a little bit teary and I was a bit, you know, these things are quite emotive. So sometimes even in the moment, it can be quite uh, stressful as well. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And I think that kind of plays to your point of like um, gay people having to educate all the time or having to explain it all again. But I believe well, that people, people will eventually. Well, it's that word complacency again, isn't it? Because I often think about this when these conversations arise in our little naive corner of the world i mean it's and i say this a lot and this is probably going to go on the bingo card but you know like it's not like these things arise in a vacuum it's not like there isn't like 60 years of or whatever it is now of like pretty in-depth debate about these issues with like endless resources in the real world of people like you know every question you've that I've reductively raised in the interest of basically being devil's advocate in this or like, you know, by making myself a bit of a cipher for these issues in this conversation, like yeah. has been answered comprehensively over the last 60 years yeah. in a, in very different ways, you know, whether it's like debates, conversation, fiction, art, like these, these issues have been like extensively played out. And if you're actually interested it's all out there for you to find out. And, and and I think that's why I keep using the word complacent quite a lot, because I do think that's what it is. Like at the end of the day, I don't think it is malice, like on, on when it comes to it for a lot of people, but I do think it is like, well, I don't think that, so that's fine. What's the big deal? You know, that, that is pretty fucking complacent when you're dealing yeah. with issues of, of, of gender and, you know, racial equality, as we've been talking about. I mean, you put it really pithily, I thought, which was, you know intent doesn't mean impact when it yeah. when it comes down to it and yeah like i think as you say that apology was directed at a particular community who've responded to it really really badly it wasn't it wasn't well if you're going to take it at face value it wasn't put out there to make the straight community feel better about their take on allyship but that's <laughs> yeah. what it seems to have that's what it seems to have done and I include myself in that, you know, like, and that, and that's what my comment on his Instagram post revealed, you know, that revealed like, yeah, that's fine. Well done. You did enough. You know, like, I don't like the fact that that's what that revealed about my attitude, but I can't walk away from that. You know, I have to, yeah. I have to, I have to sort of acknowledge that and, and I'm trying to, you know, learn from it. I, I, I do want to talk about the woke thing though because we okay. did sort of talk about this and it is quite funny isn't it like the 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 weaponizing of that word because even even like among this presumably oat milk drinking fair trade <laughs> buying guardian reading listenership that i have like i i i sense i sense like a lot of woke fatigue really and it's quite interesting because i said this to you the other day but i did i did a podcast to promote the book recently 
and um yeah not sure if you've noticed that i've got a book out um (laughs) and uh anyway like so we i ended up talking about (laughs) we ended up talking about race and we ended up talking about america and i made the comment which to me is like a completely uncontroversial statement like well you know the thing is america is is a country that's founded upon slavery and genocide i mean i think that is an objectively true statement like i in the same way that the the united kingdom is a country that was founded on slavery and colonialism yeah and arguably genocide people debate that all day long yeah i i don't think that those are controversial statements like i just think they are objectively factual statements and the fellow that was interviewing me, who is also like a friend of mine, extremely woke. He was like, oh, here we go again, drinking our Coca-Cola. And I, and I was a bit like, well, hang on. Like what? Like that, that's not a controversial statement. Like me, me saying that, like, isn't me being woke. That's me Truth. just that, 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 that you might disagree with that. You might not like that, but I don't see how you could actually argue against that really. And I just thought that was really interesting because what it said to me is like how successful the weaponization of that concept has been that even in that space where me and my friend who share the same opinions, I'm having to justify it to him because he's sort of, you know, apologizing for the fact that we're having the conversation. That's really new. That's really recent. Like that, you know, I think that's like, I'm going to say in the last five years that, that that's actually become a thing where it's actually, you know, f- for some, in some ways it's not even acceptable to really talk about these things because, you know, the windows shifted to the point that people, and, and I, like, I really discerned that in this conversation as well, this whole thing, it's like, Oh, fucking hell. Can't we just, the man's apologized. Like, what do you want? You know, you woke, you woke zealots. Like, you know, like, uh, and it's like, it's like, I just think it's quite dangerous because it's, because it's like, and and it's like, I come back to that. It was just a joke. What's the problem? Defense. It's so reductive and it reduces these issues and arguments, which let's not forget, as you've very eloquently pointed out, affect real people and have real, at times, awful consequences. It just reduces it to like people banging on for the sake of banging on and you know i get that criticism quite a lot now that i've changed the sort of tone of the podcast you know i definitely get people going like fucking hell can't you just interview someone about snowboarding again like why have you got bring it all down to these issues again and you know whatever like yeah but i I just i just think it's an interesting topic of discussion really and I've, i've really noticed it recently well it's i think your i think your analysis really is like completely correct because it is dangerous so back to my sort of alex salmon point you know again we have a leader who pushed for gay rights who won the biggest ever <laughs> biggest ever parliamentary majority ever right i trusted him there's many members of my gay community who trusted him who now fast forward 7 years on is a leader of this party that's spouting um, LGBT organizations are trying to, you know, lower the age of consent and whatever that comes with. And that trust that has now been completely lost. 
And so if you weaponize wokeness, air quotes, around, you know, and if and if the gay community is saying there's a problem, like there's a, a, this is a genuine serious problem, because again, the the uh, the organisations LGBT Youth Scotland Stonewall that they're accusing of, like fa- like obviously falsely accusing of doing this, save lives. It's no exaggeration to say that these helplines and call lines genuinely save lives, right? So that's a that's a huge issue. So. When people are like, "Oh, what the fuck do you want?" or it, or if you are, uh, you know, g- give space to this, or or um, or you can recognize that I'm knackered and I can't actually come back on this, and you're like, "Actually, do you know what? Fuck it, I'll step up, I'll say it." And if you weaponize um, that solidarity to be an ally for wokeness, and we become silent, then we could become complacent, and then complacency kills. So, like, I think we have to be very careful. And by the way, like you say, it's the last five years. This is no accident. You know, Fox News, Andrew Neil's GB News, we're getting dragged into these culture wars of weaponizing stereotypes against each other instead of recognizing, and this is a quote that I read in a Emma Dabry's book the other day, is that it is as fucked up as for me as it is as it's fucked up as for you. So, like, let's join forces here and let's join in coalition and sort this and just sort this shit out. And so I think we... It's it's not woke to stand up for somebody or it's not woke to, like like you say, uh, uh, talk about the colonial past of Britain, which, um, you know, is still felt amongst many corners of the world it's still felt in the highlands you know um it's 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 just truth and if we can face our truth then i think good things will come of them if we bury our heads in the sand think you know and it's like oh you you here like let's all drink the kool-aid and whatever else you know like it's such a dangerous path for us to be dragged down and i think um I think us as as the snowboard community, as action sports community, as cit- as citizens at large, we can't contribute to that and be like, whatever, dude. If you think this is because I'm like drinking my Coca Cola or whatever the accusation is, like I'm not. I'm just literally just trying to make <laughs> life easier for my mates, which is exactly like you know what we're talking about here. So. Yeah, I just I, I think it's I think it's dangerous and I think the I think the action sports community needs to call that shit out and stamp that shit out fucking like pronto when they see it. Um because it's not woke standing up for other people, it's just the right thing to do. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like how can you, we- you how can you feel... weaponize caring yeah. for somebody else? <laughs> like so Well it dangerous. has been, hasn't it? You know, social justice warrior vir- virtue signaling, all those sort of dickhead phrases uh, are essentially critic you know at heart they're about criticizing empathy mm-hmm. now if you actually look at the phrase social justice warrior like so you think social justice is bad yeah like yeah what what nonsense like would you like who who what right-minded person in the world would actually say yeah i don't believe in social justice like yeah. you just you're just not going to say it you know like uh, 
but by saying, no, I believe in social justice. I just don't like it when other people display their commitment to social justice. It's like, well, then you're a bit of a fucking dickhead, aren't you? Do you know what I mean? Like, it's, yeah, like, yeah, like, like, and like, that's how shit gets changed. That's, that's how, but you know, those again, like those snowflake, like, like all those terms, they're, they're just attempts, they're, they're very deliberate attempts to change the conversation. And when I see people like using them, I just think you, you're just being a bit of a dupe really, you know, for yeah. like, for, for, for actually an important conversation. Like, and it is, it is, it is like you say, it's recent. It's really recent. Like yeah, it didn't, it didn't used to be this controversial to talk about these very non-controversial things. And uh, yeah. And like I say, the algorithm, the, the polarization, the deliberate, weaponizing of stereotypes to play against each other um i think is you know it, it's, it's not it's not deliberate you know it's, it's it's not an accident um yeah i was actually just gonna say something there and it's just completely gone out of my head um happens to me all, happens but, to me all the time on it yeah. don't worry about it i mean but the, you know all this goes to show like why why you know words words are value like words have consequences and I think whether it's me letting things slide during a conversation, you know, or people with huge platforms, what the, the message that they put out, they do, they do have conf- consequence and influence and you just need to be mindful of it. I think, I guess like, oh, yeah. just to, yeah. just to wrap it up. Um, do you feel part of the, action sports community again i'm inverting the commas um uh yeah like i i i, f- I feel a part of uh, uh uh of the community um i um you know like my girlfriend's a snowboarder a very good snowboarder and like we you know we live and kind of breeze snowboarding and you know action sports mountain biking whatever um but i just think there's a long way to go for us to make this a genuinely safe space for gay people it's kind of how i think about it and my pro and my whole point with terry's apology is that if we let that slide and if we let that be accepted at face value then we are setting a very 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 low bar um and i just don't think that's acceptable um and I think, you know, I don't think there's any, I don't think there's any use of, or I don't think there's any point or maybe, yeah, maybe point in, in debating, I don't know, hearsay or whatever else. But like, if that was designed by a committee like that, if that wasn't, if that was proofread by a few people before it went out, then I think that also says a whole lot about where we're at. Do you know what I mean? I don't know if it was or it wasn't. I don't know if it passed through, um, like whoever, to 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 proofread it or give it the green light. But if there was a couple of people that read over that and went, "Yeah, safe, mate. I think it's great. Put it out." Then again, is that again like there there there? I think that shows us the layer of maybe just how far we need to go, um, and maybe explains why it was kind of clunky. Um, and I think you get that from from 
reading it. Um, and I think, you know, like what would be really cool now is, is for the brands to put their money where their mouth is and the media and genuinely try and educate our community about this. Because if we're talking about climate, if we're talking about social justice issues, if we're talking about um, LGBTI, queer issues, like it's the same fucking oppressive system that we're trying to dismantle. You know, it's all the same thing that it's it's the same system that is oppressing gay people, oppressing black people, oppressing the environment. And if we could just kind of see that for what it is as this extractive, exploitive system, then I think... And acknowledging those systems and acknowledging where behavior like this comes from, I think we can catapult snowboarding into a very positive trajectory. And I think if we can use this moment to educate the riders, the CMOs, the TMs, you know, and, and everyone who kind of is responsible for uh, creating that culture, and I've said it again, and I'll keep saying it until I'm blue in the face, but we get the scene that we make. And if we if we don't kind of lay the foundations of a really solid one, then there, there's going to be cracks and uh, and it's not going to be uh, an inclusive place for everyone or a safe space for people to thrive. And that kind of makes, you know, that sits quite uncomfortable with me. And so I think like, I don't know, I've been thinking about this a lot and, you know, I and I keep I keep saying the word workshopping because I, I genuinely think it's we're going to have to sit down with the media, with the brands, with you know I've got the perfect woman in mind to kind of like help us come through this unconscious biasness, if you know what I mean, and get and help us get to the issues and really come together as an industry uh, who, by the way, is responsible for I guess educating our community through. Um, through our channels or through our magazines or whatever and really kind of figure out how we're going to tackle these big what I call the big issues you know what which I've just highlighted and I think there's a really cool and and important piece of work there that I think if if we can come together as a coalition if you like rather than different people trying to be better individual allies like that's still important, but us to come together, snowboarding to come together as a coalition, as a force for good, and to use these um, experiences or, or moments uh, to understand that you know we're far off where we need to be. I think like there's a really positive piece of work in there um, that you know I, I genuinely think um, we can help work out in our in our little world as we as we keep saying and um you know i think i don't know if they i don't know if they do but you know it'd be pretty cool to kind of have riders do some unconscious bias training or something as a part of their contract i don't know you know like to actually instead of just having the conversation all the time which by the way is exhausting is to actually then put some action steps in there so that when we're representing a brand, when we're representing a mag, when we're representing ourselves, we we can show up as our as our best selves. And I don't mean that in a, you know, 
like you say, oat milk drinking guardian way. I just mean that <laughs> in like a, you know, like in an exclusionary way. Like you can't, you can't, can, you know, you can't contribute to the conversation unless you show up as your best self. I mean, fuck, what the fuck is that all about? But like, you know, what I mean is that we are arming ourselves with the tools in our toolbox to navigate these big issues. And um, I think it'd be good to see the brands really step up to that now because we've had the conversation. Let's see a bit of, bit of action. Um, so, yeah, I think that's kind of how I feel about that. <laughs> the, the, brand, the brands have been suspiciously quiet, I think, about this. One brand in particular has been very quiet about this. And um, what, I just find that a bit disappointing, really. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you know, like, Burton have made a lot of good steps recently mm, mm-hmm. in, in a lot of different directions, but I, I found the kind of lack of addressing this a bit baffling, really. On on the sort of sincerity aspect, you know, you raised, like, what well, was it done by committee? I should say that, one of the, you know, there was such a lot of cynicism about Terry's apology across the board, you know, like, oh, it's contract renewal time. Burton mm. told him to do it, like, blah, blah, blah. I'm, I'm going to just ignore all that personally for the sake of this conversation and take it at face yeah, value. Because I, I, just, I, I just don't think you can, like, st- I mean, that's just, like, speculation and gossip. You know, I just think. Yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm, I'm sure, like, there is, I'm sure there's, stuff that happened beside, behind the scenes that we don't know about but i think ultimately you can only really judge this on the the words that are out there and the and the intent that's been put out there publicly kind of feels a bit silly totally. to just to just start going like oh well he wants his contract renewed like no one, no one knows that like in totally. in the wider world and until you kind of get evidence of that i don't i'm not sure how helpful that is really yeah i don't, I don't think debating like i said i don't think debating speculation really is appropriate here but I just, I mean that in sort of generally, I didn't mean that in Justin Burton, but I think, you know, just generally, you know, like, and if the brands want to like put a fund together or something so that we can, so that the gatekeepers of of a lot of our culture is contributing to a positive culture. Like, I think that is a really cool, you know, that's a really positive piece of work. And yeah, like I didn't, I wasn't kind of, singling out Burton really in that in that piece although I think that they can be a really credible contributor to that oh no that's that's not why I said that I just I just think that's 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 the observation I want to make on that I think we should definitely you know mention the fact that in the American media side of things there's been some great strides recently you know in in like further in this conversation um that's the only place in in the industry I really see it happening to be honest really you know a couple of the magazines have obviously been really leading on it and the american industry seems quite progressive around this conversation from what i can see really much more so than the european industry and yeah. i do think again again I, I just say that because it is out there this conversation it is happening and again if you if you do want to find out more if you do want to vote you know i've been harping on recently about like every purchase that you make every every kind of decision that you make helps to kind of people that are independent and try to do interesting things like gives them encouragement to do that and i think like you know some of the american mags that are exploring this territory deserve mentioning and deserve supporting because they're you know certainly not coming from the brands right now 
and, and, and I think it's that complacency again, isn't it? I do feel a lot of that is driven by, and this is another reason why I think this whole subject is so fascinating about what it reveals about the status quo. My view is that most people in the industry just think this problem is actually solved and they just yeah. think like, you know, whereas when they look at the issue of like diversity and, and race, they, they, they don't think that's solved. So they're like, you know, like all the brands in the last year have been shit hot on diversity in the environment yeah and you know and it's and they've and they've definitely been like yeah shit we're we're not but i don't see that around this conversation and i think that the complete the reaction of we as we've discussed has been very revealing but i think the lack of wider media acknowledgement of this debate and the lack of brand acknowledgement about this debate i, I mean i am amazed burton haven't come out with something about this really so you know I given given what's going on and given given the fact that they are essentially being accused as much as I think it's a silly thing to say of like putting him up to it and you know like for for them to not even it just seems a real misstep you know and it just again it just seems to like contribute to this this idea that there's no problem here like what's the big deal like why has everyone gone on about it when you know when the reaction shows that they're that it's by no means resolved this issue yeah and as you've as you've kind of discussed you know very eloquently today i just found it and weird like, and like and i do have sympathy for people in those positions you know there's a lot of people at brands at the minute who in the last year have had to deal with a pandemic the global like uh global ecological and climate breakdown raging on to black lives matter to everything and like i you know, that has been a difficult position to hold within an organization. And I think, like, again, I'm going to come back to this coalition way. If we can, like, work together to acknowledge that the same person who's probably sitting there at Burton, for example, is probably thinking the same thing at this magazine, who's probably thinking the same thing at this other apparel brand and this glove brand or whatever else. Do you know what I mean? So people are probably in the same boat. But if we could acknowledge that, and instead of sticking our heads in the sand and being like, oh, fuck, I hope this goes away um, or uh, or I'll get around to that or we'll just ignore it because ignoring it like is never going to make it go away. Like, again, if we could come together and sit in a room and be like, right, fuck, we've been thrust into this where we have to deal with diversity and inclusion, ecological breakdown, um, you know, and, and these and these and these, you know, huge topics. How as us as leaders as as leadership how are we going to collectively show leadership on these issues there's so much leadership lacking and you know i think we can do that by getting some smart facilitators <laughs> around the table and sticking your 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 ceos your cmos your tms your activists and people in a room and saying right how are we going to tackle this because and, and and acknowledge it as a as as a joint issue that affects everyone within the community and not just like oh well we're doing on like this work on this and we're we're not going to share or you know like whatever i think like i think collectively coming together as a coalition it could again hold so much power um and don't ignore it because it yeah it's kind of just a bit bizarre isn't it like this is a bit weird i think um 
So, I, I found I found it weird. Yeah, I found it I strange that it's not been addressed really. Yeah, and that, like you say, it's just a lack of leadership, isn't it? Essentially, yeah, which is a shame because you know, and that and that, that's a that's a really, I think, important point that's come out of today. The, these are all opportunities for leadership, you know, whether it's whether it's what someone like Terrier says, the reaction of, you know, in the like rolling your sleeves up and addressing what's going on in the comments like yeah. a, a, a brand that's been implicated by association to sort of stick the hand up and say actually you know we stand for this you know like and they're all sort of these little missed opportunities aren't they which is just a shame really yeah and i think um like that's a whole point in leadership is that it's not easy <laughs> leadership is making you know, I, I really like the Ryan Geller quote where, you know, he, I think he said something along the lines of leadership, leadership is not making the easy decisions. Leadership is making the hard decisions when no one was and when no one is watching. And like, you know, I've definitely felt in coming into my leadership responsibilities at, at POW, at POW, at Protected Winters UK, like it is, it's making those hard decisions. It's, it's making those hard calls. It's, and knowing that, you know, you're responsible for this movement, you're responsible for this. And, and sometimes it's, it's making really hard calls, but hopefully in the, in the, in the way where it, like, again, it, it, it puts us in, in a, in a better place. And I think like, I'm, I definitely hold sympathy. You know, I'm not trying to call people out and like, oh, you need to do better all of the time it's like I totally hold sympathy for that position because these are huge issues that we're all just trying to figure out <laughs> and we're all trying to show up and as long as we can show up imperfectly every day and acknowledge that we're not going to do it perfect but we have a plan to do it better or to tr at least try and do it better I think we'll resonate so much more with the gay community with the with the you know with the black community with you know w w with these other communities and um i think that's that that's kind of where we need to kind of grow into that leadership and start and kind of start seeing seeing a little bit more um because we're responsible for it really um um yeah and uh and just like i like i kind of said like i guess you know, acknowledging that intention doesn't necessarily equal impact. And I think that's really, really important. And it's okay to make those mistakes when your intentions were good. And, I, and I've done it and I'm terrible for doing it. See, when I have difficult conversations, I am, my default is to, is to, is to relay back onto my own experiences, but that's not what that difficult or sensitive conversation needs. It doesn't need my opinion in there. It needs like genuine, you know, it doesn't really need my experiences in there. It, it needs, uh, it needs thought about, you know, the, the hard conversation that we're having or the apology. And I think, um, you know, as long as we know that sometimes the best intentions don't, doesn't always have the impact that we want that we can learn from from that and just kind of keep going because that's what it's all about right so it's all we're ever really asking for so 
yeah, it'll be it'll be nice to see. Hey, listen, we recognise that it might have been a bit clunky for X, Y, Z. We've listened, and here's some action points that we're gonna put in. I think that would be a way. I think that would be a good step forward for for the queer community, for sure. So there you go. That was me and Lauren, and I hope you enjoyed it. Plenty of food for thought there. I think you'll agree. Like I said at the beginning, I really make no apologies for covering topics like this on the show. The tagline is, of course, something about the most fascinating stories in action sports and other related endeavours. And every journalistic nerve in my body is telling me that world's most famous snowboarder disastrously apologises for his homophobia is a pretty interesting story, which makes it even stranger to me that the rest of the media haven't really gone near it. We'll see, eh? Anyway, hit me up on Instagram or at podcast at We Are Looking Sideways if you've got any comments or views on this one. I'll be back soon with more of the usual. In the meantime, here's a big nice one if you're playing bingo. See ya. (laughs) 